The older I get, the more complicated my understanding of David gets. When I was a little kid, David was the kid, just like me, who, by God's power, defeated the <clears throat> giant Goliath. When I got a little older, I learned about how he was best friends with Jonathan. And as my Sunday school teachers told me, they were definitely just friends, no matter how much it sounded like they were more than friends, they were definitely just best friends. Eventually, I learned about his affair with Bathsheba and the murder he used to cover it up. But after that, I quickly learned that he was really, really sorry about it afterward. And, you know, he became a good king again. Um, and then... All the bloodshed and family dysfunction and disobedience to God that I read about uh, in one of my failed attempts to read through the entire Bible, uh, I mostly just learned to ignore that. David was a good boy and then a complicated man. And today's story wasn't a blip in an otherwise untarnished life. It was a dark period in a gray kingship. His literal high position as a king in his large house was what allowed him to see Bathsheba on the roof. Um, and at this time, roofs were normally a relatively private place, um, as houses were mostly on the same level and roofs had parapets. Um, and then his figurative high position was what enabled him and what he used to have his affair and then cover it up. It's hard to believe that he was the so-called man after God's own heart. But then again, maybe this account of David's life is actually pretty realistic, at least pretty easy for us to relate to. Um, most of us grew up wanting to be good. Uh, we grew up wanting to be brave, uh, wanting to be brave. Um, and then we grew into teenagers and young adults who wanted to change the world, who tried to change the world, and who believed that we could do it. And then... <clears throat> And then uh, we, as kind of a culture and a species, uh, tend to grow up into something more complex. We often find ourselves willing to push the world changing aside to build our careers and our retirement savings. Maybe sending our kids to better schools means throwing fellow workers or poor communities under the bus. We may not be royalty, but we have a lot in common with King David, the very complicated man after God's own heart. When I see this pattern, it's easy for me to despair, much like the psalmist. Um, I, I think that we, a lot of Christians tend to misread that first verse is like some sort of defense of the existence of God. But 
when I read it for this, and I, I guess I, I shouldn't say um, misread, but when I read it in the context of the entire psalm, it wasn't that he was saying, you're foolish if you don't believe in God. He's more saying, look at how all these fools can just go around saying that there's no God and nobody's good enough to stop them. Everyone around me is evil and they don't care. Sometimes it really seems like the world has become an evil place and that trying to make it any better is an impossible mission. That trying to be better ourselves is an impossible mission. We may be made in God's image, but the juice of the forbidden fruit courses through our veins and seems to grow stronger with each passing day. When I despair like this, I want to hide from the world and let it take whatever course it would like. And I doubt that I am alone in this. Our passages today did not enlighten me to any special solution for the complications of at least attempting ethical living. And they did not reveal an antidote for despair. However, I know that um, this community that we have together helps. You help me navigate ethical decisions, and you remind me that good people still exist. And for that, I would just like to say thank you.